Right on radio. Right on radio. Hey, welcome to Right on Radio. My name is Jess and Jeff, and as always, I'm joined by Jesse Zaboter, best-selling author. His anointing overflows, but it isn't about Jeff, and it is not about Jesse, because we have a guest that we're super excited to have today. Her name is Mary Crowley. She's not only a public speaker, she's a famed author. She's a movie maker, a filmmaker. She is involved in fighting for you. She has a gift of prophecy, which I'm hoping is going to come out today. Actually, hope is a really weak word that I try not to use. I believe it will come out today in some form. She has the heart of God in her, and I think you're going to be really blessed by this particular broadcast. Mary Crowley, welcome to Right on Radio. Thank you, Jeff. It's great to be here. And Jesse, it's such a privilege to be part of your program. Well, we're privileged to have you. And, you know, it's funny, we were talking just before going on air and all the things that our listeners have been hearing that we're doing. Mary, you're paralleling what we've been doing in so many other ways, like within your prayers and you're setting up your groups, all these different things. But one of the things we focus on on Right on Radio is kind of the big picture, Mary. And, you know, you had mentioned something that really stood out to me. And that's what God has told you about this revolution of righteousness. Why don't we start there? Okay, thanks, Jeff and Jesse. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, in the 90s, I was down in San Diego and I was speaking at an event and God told me that he wanted me to start reaching out to the youth again. So to make a long story short, as I was, we didn't know what we were going to call this event. And as I was driving down Crown Valley Parkway, interesting, the name Crown Valley, and uh, I heard God's voice and he said to me, there's a greater move of God coming than the Jesus movement. Now, just side noting, I did not know what the Jesus movement was at the time. But then he said to me, I want you to call your event Youth Wave. And the slogan is be a part of the new wave. Well, in saying all that, there is a great wave to those of you watching that is here. And what God said to me is that's going to be the greatest show on earth. And God is going to show up and show off. And we're going to see the greatest movies, the greatest music, the greatest things that the world has ever seen. It's going to be a greater move of God than the Jesus movement. And uh, the Jesus movement, just to interject briefly, was about a, a Calvary Chapel and the pastor Chuck Smith and this young hippie named Lonnie Frisbee, who in 1967 went up to Tockwitz Canyon right outside of Palm Springs. And many of the hippies would go there. And uh, he had dropped LSD many times. It was the whole Timothy Leary, turn on, tune on, tune in and drop out. You know, LSD used to be legal. And uh, he went up there, dropped LSD, and he said, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. And all of a sudden he had a vision of the Pacific Ocean being filled with water. And you know, instead of water, it was filled with people in darkness. And Jesus appeared to him and said, I'm putting a light on you to reach lost people. At the same time, Chuck Smith, the pastor of this little church called Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa, California, for 17 years, Jeff and Jesse had been you know, doing pastoring and, and he was thinking of quitting. 
And him and his wife, Kay, used to go down to Laguna Beach and watch all these hippies lining the streets because they'd come from the Haight-Ashbury district down to Mexico and they'd stop right in the middle there. And Chuck would look at them and shake his middle-aged bald head and goes, dirty hippies, why don't they take a bath? In the heart of his wife, the mother said, Chuck, don't say that. We got to pray that God's going to reach these kids. And so he said, hey, to his kids, if you see a hippie, I'd like to talk to one. So see, God has a ways and means committee that, that is far greater than ours. And he's setting the stage. If we think that God's up in heaven going, oh my gosh, I'm, what are we going to do with COVID? And what are we going to do with yeah. all these people? No, God isn't worried about all this stuff. So bottom line, you know, Lonnie had a scholarship up to Haight-Ashbury uh, to San Francisco. And this just so happened to be the summer of love where 100,000 people descended upon San Francisco because of one little song by Scott McClellan. If you're going to San Francisco. And 100,000 of them did with all the new music, like The Doors and The Grateful Dead and, you know, Janis Joplin yeah. and, you know, yeah. all this music. And it, and it erupted into this movement. But at the same time, as this new music was coming out, there was four Christian couples that didn't see God moving in the church. So they opened up this little commune called the House of Acts in Novato. And they would go into the Haight-Ashbury district and they saw Lonnie Frisbee. Now, mind you guys, he didn't know Jesus. He had an encounter with him, but he didn't know the Bible. He had been into Edgar Casey and the metaphysics and the UFOs and all this stuff. So he had this massive encounter, but he didn't really know the word. And so he's out there on the street corners of Haight-Ashbury. Lonnie Frisbee is going, Jesus is coming back in a spaceship. And all of a sudden, these, all of a sudden, these four Christian couples, they see him, they go like, wow, this guy could have said Mary had a little lamb and people would have gotten saved. But so ultimately, they start bringing him into their commune. They start mentoring him. And God tells Lonnie to quit the art academy to work for the Lord. And they open up this little coffee house called the living room. And they start ministering to all these hippies. And Charles Manson starts coming through right before the Helter Skelter thing starts happening. And he goes down to Los Angeles. So all I'm telling you guys, eventually Lonnie comes down to Southern California. Remember, Chuck said, if you ever see a hippie, bring one home. Well, Lonnie's hitchhiking by the Orange County Fairgrounds because he would, people would pick him up and they'd say, well, where are you going? And he'd, he'd say to heaven, where are you going? And either <laughs> they'd throw him out of the car or, or they'd get saved. And so this particular day, Chuck Smith's daughter's boyfriend, John, picked up Lonnie Frisbee and brought him right to Chuck Smith's door. And when Chuck opened the door, in Chuck's own words, it says, there he was, a real honest-to-goodness hippie, beard, bells on the cuffs of his pants, barefoot, flower in his hair. And he said, hey, I want you to meet Lonnie. And there was such a camaraderie between the two that Lonnie and Kay, I mean, Lonnie and Connie, his wife, because he ended up getting married to, the, it's a long story, I'm trying to bullet point it, got married, uh, and they moved in with Chuck and Kay. And this tiny little church now explodes into this movement because they started going into the beaches and the highways and the byways and evangelizing the hippies. They started going after the lost, you guys. And they started coming to the church and this little church erupts into this movement where they had to erect a tent and they started doing mass baptisms at Pirate's Cove where uh, that's where Errol Flynn used to make his pirate movies right next to Newport Beach. And so Time Magazine got wind of it and started covering it. 
they made they made Jesus Man of the Year in 1971 on the cover of Time in June, and they called it the Jesus Movement, which literally to this day there's millions of kids that have that that have come to the Lord through this movement. So that's just in a brief nutshell. But there's a and great you're making a film about this. Excuse me. You're making a film about this. Yes, we have a motion picture called The Prodigal, and mm -hmm. I've been working on it 12 years for writers. Um, I'm telling you, it's been a battle to get this movie done, but this is God's show. And you can see that today more than any other time in history because, you know, they're really trying to push this transgender. They're trying to push this uh, agenda in schools with children. Like, if you want to be a boy and you're a girl, you know, well, you can, you can be a boy. You know, if you were a girl and want to be a boy. I mean, they're really pushing this on the kids yeah. right now in the schools. So I think more than ever that it's time for this movie to come out and, and we literally, I have my line producer. Um, I've met just a producer. I just got back from Florida. I was um, speaking at this event called We The People. You had Roger Stone and um, Simone Gold of America's Frontline Doctors, Patrick Byrne, of CEO of Overstock.com. You had a number of patriots that were there. So it was exciting because I was able to uh, share about a new thing that I'm rolling out about the women fighting trafficking which aligns in some ways with this because Monty Frisbee, for those of you guys who don't know him, his name is sound, spells just like it sound, like you throw the Frisbee, uh, Lonnie Frisbee. And if you Google him, it talks all about it. But when Lonnie was eight years old, he had been molested by a boy babysitter who was 17 years old. And he was born in 1949. So this was 1957. So can you imagine trying to tell your mom and stepdad, well, you know, the babysitter did this to me. and No, the shame oh, of it would be impossible. Yeah. Back yeah, then. they didn't believe him. So they continued to let this boy babysit him. And he wasn't just fondled. He was literally molested in the shower. And uh, so when God called him at 17, he had gotten into the bisexual lifestyle, homosexual lifestyle at 15 years old in, in Laguna Beach. So when God called him on that mountain, he was uh, bisexual, homosexual. Mm -hmm. But yet um, he came away from it, but he struggled with his identity. He tried to put it in his testimony uh, initially with Chuck Smith and Chuck told him, they're not going to understand, take it out of your, your story. Mm -hmm. And so um, basically I, I want some of you watching, this is I'm feeling the heart of God. There's many of that you're watching right now that you have a son or a daughter. Mm -hmm. You have people in your family that, that are gay. Um, and God is telling you right now, that he is going to set the captives free. It's time for the LGBT for victory. And God is bringing a key. And God said, the devil's gonna to have to flee. And he said, this is a time that he's gonna bring unity across the country from coast to coast. And the Lord said, and he is the most, the most high that he is gonna reach down to those who are in that lifestyle. And he's gonna reach them by his hand. And they're gonna be, those of them are gonna be ones that are gonna be his voice of choice as one of the people groups that he will redeem during this time. Mm -hmm. So Lonnie Frisbee um, struggled with his identity, but he impacted not only the Jesus movement with Calvary Chapel, but the Vineyard movement and also Greg Laurie, the great Harvest Crusades. Mm -hmm. Greg Laurie got saved um, at Newport Harbor High School. Lonnie used to go into the science room. The science teacher let Lonnie come in at lunch. Lonnie was, you know, in his 20s at this time, and he would preach to the students at lunchtime. And it was really hot one day. And so they were outside by the palm tree. And 
Lonnie was talking to all these kids and Greg Laurie, who was 17 at the time, liked one of the girls that was listening to Lonnie. So he started mocking Lonnie and Lonnie Frisbee stood up and pointed his finger and started prophesying to Greg Laurie. Greg Laurie went down like a lightning bolt onto the ground into the power of God. And when he got out, he was totally transformed. And he followed Lonnie. He became like an acolyte of Lonnie Frisbee. So when God told me to do this movie after three other scripts, and um, God told me, he said to me, tell the people they're not sowing into a movie. They're sowing into the next harvest. Because mm -hmm. as you guys are both aware, Jesse and Jeff, you're all about the harvest. Yeah. This movie is all about the harvest. I believe that we will get this movie produced and released. And I'm believing it'll be kind of like a Forrest Gump meeting, almost famous meeting the apostles. It will have the music. It will have, you know, the Timothy Leary, the Charles Manson, Martin Luther King, all these iconic figures that were really part of the 60s with the free speech movement at Berkeley, the civil rights movement with Martin Luther King, the Women's Live, the Black Panther, but then the Jesus movement happened the end of the 60s when they said God is dead. And that's exactly when Jesus breathed upon, you know, the dry, dry dead bones and it erupted into a wave of his power. Absolutely. And, and you know what, with Hollywood falling, uh, we're going to need the new content. And it's funny, we have a couple filmmakers who have been coming on this show recently, and it looks like God's lining up a lot of great material. And you certainly, Mary, gave a brilliant teaser for the movie. I, I totally want to see it, you know, and be part of it even. it's a, It sounds like a great story that needs to get out, and people really need that encouragement right now. Jesse, what are you thinking about this so far? It looks like your uh, your thoughts are spinning. Yeah, my, my thoughts are spinning, but no, it's, you know, it's absolutely amazing. And I love, you know, most Mary that you bring out, you know, the Lord's heart that he will go to all extents for these individuals. And, you know, throughout time, we just see him, you know, saying this one I've chosen or this one I've chosen. And, you know, he, he touches us right where we're at and draws us into his kingdom and uses sometimes the most unlikely people, you know, but um, I love in Lonnie's story that you, you know, you show that, that, you know, he was somebody who had spiritual gifts. He was somebody that had something to give to the kingdom of God. And the majority of people would have just passed him by, you know, wouldn't have even the majority of people don't even know his full testimony, you know, as you pointed out, and yet how beautiful when the full thing is displayed and brought forward, you can't help but see the work of God in that. And, you know, I, I just want to say to anybody out there in our audience today too, that, you know, that's what the Lord wants to do in each life, you know, and nobody is going to be exempt from you know, being used by God, the Lord made us to be a part of this kingdom and each of us have something to, to give. And, and I love, I loved what you said about the, uh, the ways and means committee as well, Mary, uh, I call it God's shipping and receiving department. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Lonnie, Lonnie had a saying, you know, that actually on the Catherine Coleman show that, that he said, he said in the church for so long is expecting a certain mold of what a Christian should look like and what a Christian should say and what a Christian should be. But God is blowing everybody's mind because he's saving the hippies. And he said, and nobody thought a hippie could be saved. 
And so that's what God does. You look at William Seymour in the Azusa Street outpouring uh, in 1906. You know, he was a one-eyed black man. He was actually a, a son of a, a slave. You look at Amy Simple McPherson, who was a divorced woman, widowed woman who came to Los Angeles and she tried to, you know, you know, become part of a church and the, the good old boys club wouldn't let her in. So she had to start her own church, the Foursquare and uh, the Foursquare church. And she would literally put on these illustrated sermons uh, where a lot of Hollywood, Charlie Chaplin and different ones would come to see her. You know, uh, Catherine uh, Coleman, you know, was a divorced woman and God used her tremendously in the Shrine Auditorium where, you know, thousands would get healed waiting in line. So God will tend to use people that we wouldn't think to make a point that he will use the foolish things to confound the wise. And he certainly does. Well, look look at the pair you're with today, Mary. You know, you don't know much about me, but you certainly know Jesse, you know, uh, raised to be the mother of darkness. And yet here she is extending the kingdom of God. So that is God's testimony. And he will do it to confound the wicked. He'll use the strangest of us uh, to, to get his things done. So... You, you touched on so many things and you talked about, you know, the freedom cries and, and the new website that you're doing, uh, womenfightingtrafficking.com. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about where where this has been organically rising up from in your life, because you've got a lot of buckets going on right now, Mary. Mm -hmm. uh, but how, how did this come up? Well, about four years ago in 2017, um, I've actually have a, had a prayer meeting in Hollywood, right on Sunset Strip in West Hollywood between the Whiskey and the Roxy, two <clears> famous <throat> clubs that many people got their start, The Doors and a number of bands that played there. And right between there, there was a um, house of prayer that was set up, Radiance International House of Prayer, Jonathan and Sharon Nye, that um, God had told me to start a prayer meeting there. And I really prayed about it and I, I almost didn't want to, you know, for some of you listening, uh, sometimes when God calls you, you have a choice to say yes or no. And I really prayed about it and I said, okay, because when we when I jump in, I'm in it for the long haul. So we started having a prayer movement there. We started praying every Wednesday and we had about 50 people and God started moving. Well, right around that time, Sharon and Jonathan have... Um, an organization called Justice Speaks, where they go to Thailand and they go into the northern provinces of Thailand to really work with some of the younger um, kids and their families. Because oftentimes these people from Bangkok and Pattaya, Thailand, would come up and lure these, these families with money, like saying, oh, we'll, we'll have your children can work for our hotel or this or that. When in essence, all they were doing was luring them away to work for uh, them in the sex trafficking industry. And so I went to Thailand with, um, with Sharon and Jonathan, with, my, with a videographer. And I went into, the, in Pattaya, Thailand, they have a three mile walking street. They call it the walking street. Three miles of literally bars and nightclubs where the girls will literally stand outside, some wearing little sailor outfits, some wearing little devil costumes. I mean, it's unbelievable as you know thailand is a, as a major sex tourist destination just humans so, for sale oh yeah. yeah disgusting so when i come back from there god said to me mary i don't want you to do it about thailand i want you to show the trafficking in the united states mm -hmm. so i interviewed liz croken who is a, a journalist she had been uh actually a white house press correspondence under george w 
She had done hard news. I mean, she worked on a number of outlets, but she started um, writing about sex trafficking. And every time she wrote about it in a publication, she would get fired or let go. And so she never understood why um, until she started realizing that the mainstream media is part of the swamp. Mm -hmm. And there's like six organizations that pretty much run most of the mainstream media. And a lot of these people are in the highest levels of this. And that's why, you know, she was getting fired. So I interviewed Liz. And once they started interviewing Liz, it went down the rabbit hole of really not knowing what MKUltra was, the mind control program from the 50s and all these other things. And then it started tying in, Jesse and Jeff, with some of the interviews I have done on my TV show, Now is the Time, that I've produced for the last 20 years. One of them being a story about a woman named Noreen Gosh. Her son, Johnny Gosh, had been abducted in 1982 out of Des Moines, Iowa. He was a 12-year-old paper boy who on his paper route um, got abducted. And for 12 years, you know, he was on John Walsh's America's Most Wanted. Uh, there was different indicators that he was still alive, like on a bathroom stall, I'm Johnny Gosh, I'm alive, was written. Dollar Bill, I'm Johnny Gosh, I'm alive. Different things that they'd find out through an investigator that she eventually had to hire because the police didn't want to get involved with it. Eventually, she was on the Lisa Gibbons show. She told her story and uh, she said, Johnny, please come home. Your father and I are no longer married. She said, but I'm, my address is in the local Des Moines phone book. Please, Johnny, come home. Three months later, knock at the door, middle of the night, goes out, looks through the people, and she hears a voice, Mom, it's me, Johnny. She opens the door, and Johnny is with another boy, comes into that bedroom, said, Mom, I was abducted by an elite pedophile ring that goes all the way to the highest levels of government, entertainment, and business. Mm -hmm. And he said, Mom, I have to stay underground because they will kill you. This is very, very, um, you know, it's a bad situation. So God is, I've always had this thread that has run through a lot of the interviews over the last many years. And at this point, Jeff and Jesse, God told me, I need you to make a movie about child sex trafficking in the United States called Freedom Cry, Sex Trafficking in America, which I've been working on. It's almost done. And uh, so it's ready to go. And, um, you know, I've interviewed, there's a girl named Ashley. She was actually trafficked out of Los Angeles, California, a 14-year-old girl. One night she went and stayed at her friend's house, you know, got permission from her parents, but they snuck out to go down the street to a party. Her friend was with another guy somewhere in the other room and this tall, dark and handsome guy came up to her and they call it the grooming process where he told her everything she wanted to hear. You're so beautiful, you know, and she was a beautiful gal. Well, all I can tell you is after about three months of him or seeing her and her grooming him, there was a day that all of a sudden he looked her in the eye and he slapped her and he said, you're going to work for me now. We know where you live. We are going to kill your family if you don't listen to what we say. And that's exactly what happened. And for four years, Ashley lived double life of living in her family, but getting good grades, but on the side, stripping in a Hollywood nightclub and, and uh, being with men in hotel rooms with her trafficker. And I mean, you know, being sold, pimped out by her trafficker. And so Freedom Cry, Sex Trafficking in America is a story that tells you stories about the grooming, but also how Ashley got set free by the power of God, a miracle story. And so that's how I got on that path and to tell the story about how this can happen to anybody. It can happen to your child.
not only girl, but boys too. Yeah. And, and so is, is Freedom Cries centered around the story of Ashley? She's one of the main stories, but we have several girls that we talk to. Okay. Several different stories. Mm-hmm. And what would you, um, do they also give um, avenues for people who'd like to get involved to get involved? Or where would they recommend if, you know, you're somebody who's in your community and you want to help women or girls that are being trafficked, um, you know, where can people start to get involved in that fight? Well, let, let me just tell you um, another part of that piece. Um, I met a, a man named James Rothstein. His nickname is Jimmy Boots. And he is, a, and actually um, I interviewed Mel Kay, Melanie Krill, but her name is Mel Kay. She's pretty well known in podcasting uh, about trafficking and Hollywood and a number of things. Anyway, I've had her on my new podcast, you know, probably four times. And she told me that Jimmy Boots is a legend in New York. Basically, Jimmy Boots is probably almost 80 right now living in, in Minnesota, but he had went to, uh, he was a New York cop and they had a street in uh, New York that was called the Minnesota Street with all these Minnesota girls uh, that, that were brought in from Minnesota. A lot of them were blonde, blue eyes like myself. I'm Scandinavian. Uh, a lot of these girls uh, are and a lot of New York guys probably like blonde haired gals. So the chief of police made Jimmy a detective and he started infiltrating uh, the, the pimps, the traffickers, but also the pedophile rings uh, across the country. They were given carte blanche. And um, I ended up meeting with Jimmy last year. <laughs> and Jimmy told me, Mary, if we get the women involved, he said, we can stop it. He goes, I have the whole plan to do it. And so pretty much what happened, I've been traveling across the country. I'm gonna take a sip of water. I was traveling across the country this last year, three times in DC and Washington state, or I mean, all over, just speaking forth, you know, as an advocate, as a patriot, because our country is at a crossroads right now. Uh, God's made a covenant with our country. I don't believe it's going down, but we have to have boots on the ground. We have to jump into the game. <coughs> so in saying that, I was invited to go out to Florida to speak at this um, We the People rally in West Palm Beach. And they had like uh, Roger Stone and Simone Gold and all these different ones <laughs> that were gonna be there. And Christy Hutcherson, she started Women Fighting for America. She said to me, well, Mary, <coughs> what would you talk about? Because I talk about a lot of different things. Um, you know, my, my whole objective is to see a worldwide radical revival where, um, you know, millions come into the kingdom of God, uh, the greatest show on earth. But um, I believe you're going to see that. Yeah, I do too. So God said to me, Mary, I want you to launch this woman's uh, <coughs> movie uh, about the trafficking. So I didn't even know what to call it. I started looking online for names. And all of a sudden, Christie's as Women Fighting for America. I ended up getting the name womenfightingtrafficking.com. And so I went down there and we rolled it out. We launched it. But yet Jimmy Boots just overnighted me the packet with all the intel of what to do. So this is literally boots on the ground. We raised up our first chapter um, in West Palm Beach, Florida, where 10 women came and they signed up just to pray. Right mm -hmm. now, what we're doing is we're just praying um, because I don't know all the directives. Jimmy just called me today fishing in Minnesota. 
saying, did you get the packet? You know, he's got the, don't you know? Yalter, <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> the packet, Mary. And it's like, I'm going, no, Jimmy, it didn't come before I left, but it, I'm going to go down to my, my mailing address tomorrow. And I said, but, but we're going to get, we launched it. And so this is the exciting thing. We have the website launched, which is womenfightingtrafficking.com. People can go on there and uh, they can sign up to be a prayer warrior. And uh, like, literally, I told the Lord, I said, I will launch this, Lord, but I have a big wheel. It's kind of like a wheel. There's a lot of spokes in the wheel, but I'm on the mountain of arts and entertainment and the mountain of media. And those are the two hardest mountains to take because, you know, it says Satan is prince of the power of the air. And as you were saying earlier, Jeff, God is allowing Hollywood to be taken down. And a lot of these guys are being exposed. Many of them have been on that Epstein Island, you know, Spacey, Kevin Spacey, and, you know, Prince Andrew, and a lot of these different people have been on that island. You know, Clinton uh, was on there, Bill Clinton, like 26 times, mm-hmm. flew on the Epstein plane, Lolita Express. So I'm telling you, in my interview with Mel Kay, she said, you know, it wasn't just these high school gals, like it made it sound like from, you know, uh, West Palm Beach. It was a lot of these kids were being brought in by submarine from some of these ports like Haiti and and Myanmar and some of these other ones. That's why she was telling me the Clinton Global Initiative, some of these will go into these areas and they will build these ports. And that's First where it's yeah. abducted and, and brought into these other areas. So I'm just saying that that's what's going on. But uh, so where we launched our first chapter on Friday, right down the street was the high school, Central High School in West Palm Beach where Epstein ended up getting a lot of the girls that he ended up having come to his mansion. And we ended up going and praying in front of the high school doors the next day, seven of us. We, we took communion and we poured oil and wine. Uh, and we, we asked the Lord to, to bless that high school, what the enemy went for evil. So that's how it just got started. This is all a new launching of something. My whole thing, just to kind of finish this, this just, you know, this, part for me is the fact is God told me to do it. I'm moving into that directive. Jimmy Boot said you were the only one the last 30 years of my asking that, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just trying to say that the Lord is calling people, but many are called, but few choose the call. So in fact, I'm hearing him say right now, I'm just hearing a prophetic word. Can I, can I give this word, Jeff and Jesse? Please do. Okay. I'm hearing the Lord saying to me, are you willing to step into the game because I am calling by my name upon you to come and I'm going to tell you to run for the gates are open wide. This is the hour of my spotless bride. So are you willing to go for this is my show and I'm going to bring the dough and I say no more yo-yo because this is going to be the flow from heaven. It's the number seven, which is completion. And what the enemy does in deletion, now the Lord said, I'm getting ready to play ball. Will you answer the call and get on base? And the Lord said, because I'm getting ready to answer your case in the courts of heaven. For I've heard many of your cries. I've heard any of your pleas. But now this is the hour that I'll give you the keys. And you will take these keys. And you will go and set the captives free because the Lord said there's many behind enemy lines 
that are abused and they are blind. And God said, and I want to now reach out to mankind, but now the word to you is, will you go? Will you come? Will you take these keys and will you run? For this is the hour of my son, that the greatest show on earth is here. Get ready, all of heaven will cheer this year as you take up that call to follow me. The Lord said, my final word is victory. So Lord, I thank you for all of those watching right now. Lord, I thank you for Jeff and Jesse. I thank you, Lord, for the dream team that you're putting together. And Lord, I thank you for all those ones. I see some women crying right now. You're saying, yes, God, I will go. Lord, I thank you for those ones that are just crying, that their hearts are crying for you and they're crying for the children. Lord, I thank you that it, even as Lynn Wood said on Tulsa stage when I was there, he said, it's all about the children. Lord, we thank you that you are going to set these children free, that we thank you, God, that you are going to expose what the enemy has meant now for evil with his child sex trafficking and the abuse and even Jesse's story of how she was groomed to be this mother and the things that she has seen. Lord, we thank you that you're breaking this open wide across the world that is going to be exposure to the demonic realm and that will come to the helm of the front. And you were going to see, Lord, you're going to show up and show off for this greatest move of God the world has ever seen come forth for history in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So God is going to show up and show off, but you just heard that prophetic word. And I believe that was right from God and it was a call. And you might be thinking, you know, is he talking to me? Yes, he is talking to you. You might be thinking, but it can't be me. I'm not, I'm not a super Christian. I still have sin in my life. I, you know, I'm not able to do things. I'm too old. I'm too young. People won't take me seriously. Well, with the power of God behind you, he has the keys and he's saying he's going to hand you over. Remember, you are a son of the king, the God most high. And he has the keys to the kingdom and you being a son or daughter of the king are meant to help expand the kingdom. Yes, God was calling you. And I'll never forget because as I started getting deep into this broadcast, particularly with Jesse, I was having, uh, Jesse had introduced me to Triple Seven, who uh, most of you have seen now on the show. And and I'm trying to figure things out for myself, quite honestly. And and Triple Seven simply said this, God searches a person's heart. And then he says, are you available? That's right. The Lord, the Lord never says, you know, because you're my most well-trained warrior come, or because you have these magnificent swords or bows and arrows come, you know, or because you know the word so well come, the Lord just simply says, you know, come. And he's looking for those who will, who will just show up and trust that he's going to give you exactly what you need when the moment's right, when you need it, everything will be supplied to accomplish his will. Wow. Well, that's great, Jesse and Jeff. And you know, a lot of people are hidden right now. But see, because when you become known, you become a, a target. And yeah. another thing that God has always told me, because I'm a cheerleader to the underdog. That's the way I look at it. Um, like everyone wants to be a high iron hand or something. And God said to me, who signs up to be the liver? I mean, nobody wants to be the liver in the body of Christ. I was telling Jeff and Jesse earlier, uh, for those of you who are watching, 
Years ago, when I lived in Dallas, Texas, the Lord said to me one day, um, do you want to know what part of the body of Christ you are? And really never thought about it. And I said, well, no, Lord, what is it? And he said, you're my heart because you speak my heart to the people. And so often when I feel God's heart, I cry. So people, the intercessors are probably the most important part. And they're like the reproductive part of the body. You don't see these parts, mm -hmm. but you guys are actually more valuable. So I just want to encourage you. It doesn't matter what part you play. You're just as valuable as the Billy Grahams or, you know, the, the Catherine Coleman's are the ones that everybody has put up on a pedestal, but behind the scenes, a lot of them have struggled with things as well. And so just get into the game. Don't be afraid. If you hear him say, just jump in, just do it. That's what you do is you just do it. Like what I did when he said, okay, just launch this woman fighting trafficking. And I did it. And um, I was invited to speak and um, I was, I was speaking after Simone Gold on the stage and all of a sudden this guy comes up uh, to, you know, the person that was running the stage and they said, there's a, there's a thunder, there's a lightning storm five miles out that's coming at a very fast clip. We're going to have to cut this short. And so it was very prophetic. There's a storm coming. And um, Christy Hutchison, it was her, you know, uh, women fighting for America. She introduces me. And so I only had like four minutes to share. But I got up there, this was May 30th on Sunday, a year prior, Jeff and Jesse, I had said this to you guys earlier when we spoke. Uh, for those of you listening, it was a year ago in May, the very first Saturday in May, I was in my, my house in you know, Los Angeles and God woke me up. The first thing I heard him say was, we won't shut up till you open up, open the heavens and um, he said, I want you to do seven baptisms along the Western seaboard, starting at Pirate's Cove, where that's where Lonnie Frisbee and Chuck Smith did the first baptism 50 years ago. Now, 50 is the number of Jubilee, mm -hmm. you know, and of course, after Passover, it was 50 days, was Pentecost. So the number 50 is all about, you know, Jubilee. So uh, it was a year later that I had done, you know, the very first baptism at Pirate's Cove, May 30th, 2020. Now for the year later, I'm on the opposite coast and I opened up that, you know, I had my three, four minutes, you know, because Christy says that everybody, the storm's coming and they all got up and left. And I had to say, like, we won't shut up till you open up, open the heavens. And I said, I decree and declare open heavens. And, and I just started telling them about another movement coming and about the women fighting trafficking. And so God told me years ago, he goes, Mary, your name is right in the middle of America. And I spelled it out because I was originally born in M-A-R-Y, Mary. And I changed my name to M-E-R-I. Still sounds the name, same. Um, and and M-E-R-I means shining sea. And the Holy Spirit just said, from sea to shining sea, you're going to bring forth liberty. So when I looked at my name, I said A-M-E-R-I-C. I go, it is in the middle of America. Interesting. It's not about me. This is about the Holy Spirit revealing that I'm just one shepherd girl that God is calling to find lost sheep that have been broken. And um, I just feel led to share this briefly. Jesus gave me a dream uh, many years ago where I was riding on this white horse with Jesus. And I looked over and I saw these fat sheep and I knew that they were sheep. And I said, Jesus, what's that? And he said, that is my church. And then he said, but I'm not there. Because remember, he said he would leave the 99 to find the one that was lost. So then again, he asked me, will you go where the other sheep are? And I said, yes, I will go. 
So we went further on until we had to come to a thicket. We got off the horse. We went down the steep embankment and we saw these sheep, but they weren't all huddled together. They were isolated, one here, one there, one there. And they were really broken. They were emaciated and they felt really bad. You know, they felt really sad and they were so shamed and pained and blamed. And Jesus lovingly walked over to the most pathetic, emaciated, broken sheep. And he gently opened up the snare and he lovingly picked up the little sheep. And then he rolled his head back and he laughed. And he looked at me and he said, shepherd girl, help me. And Jesus and I were getting these sheep out of snares. And we were laughing. We were having so much fun. But that was my mission. That was my call to those sheep. So I'm calling some of you ladies and you guys too. You know, I'll just finish with the guys. I've done these Freedom Ball events, you know, to raise money in the past for my movie and things. And the Lord said to me in 2018, I had an event that Alveda King, Martin Luther King's niece was supposed to come because it was 50 years since Martin Luther King had been killed and assassinated in 1968. And we were in Beverly Hills. It was called the Freedom Ball. She got, her mother got sick. She wasn't able to come, but she did a, you know, a video presentation on a big screen. But God said to me, tell the men that they're not pimps, pirates, or pawns, but they're princes and kings. And that I've called them to be kings and princes. And what the enemy has tried to do with pornography, that he's trying to literally use the spirit of seduction to bring men to reduction. That, you know, they're so, they're trying to get kids addicted at eight years old on porn. And so literally it's, it's a disconnect between the, the sexes, male and female. And so I'm telling you, God is going to set men free from porn and women too. And so in saying that God has come to set these lost sheep free, that might be one of you right now listening. I'm sensing you guys, Jesse and Jeff, that there's some watching right now that are addicted to porn, that are addicted to drugs, that are addicted to many things. Hey, I, one time I was, um, I'll just be very vulnerable. I got addicted um, to wine, drinking wine. And a couple of years ago, God said to me, you'll never become who you're supposed to be. If you drink wine, you have to quit. And I'm not saying it's wrong to have a glass of wine, but one wasn't enough, two was too many. So I I literally had to put it on the altar because I tried many times because, you know, it was, it was the, it was the thing that I went to instead of Holy Spirit, the new wine. In the Holy Spirit, you know, I did love the Lord, but I knew that I had to put down the wine and I did. And God has given me the grace to say no. See, God can give you the ability to one of the gifts of the spirit is self-control. He will give you that gift. So right now, Lord, we pray for those that are watching the program that are in those snares right now, God. Maybe you're struggling with addiction, affliction and restriction. But Lord, I thank you that you are that good shepherd. And Lord, I know that you know how to go down those those places that are so dark. And that Lord, you went and found that sheep and you opened that snare and you lovingly picked up that sheep and you laughed because you didn't laugh at the sheep and you came to set the captives free. So Lord, right now, I thank you that we call freedom to the captives. We decree and declare the opening of the prison to those who are bound. We decree and declare that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. And we thank you that you're going to take away the shame, the pain, and the pain and the blame, and that you're going to bring them right by your side because you called them as your bride and they're not going to hide, but they're going to walk right by your side. 
as your bride and you're going to bring them in to this movement, which you're going to redeem them and restore them, justified just as if they never sinned, transformed by your power for this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, someone's getting rescued. Someone's getting rescued. Maybe more than one. But there was power in that. There was definitely power in that. And, you know, the Lucifer has taken everything, or Satan has taken everything and just perverted it and taken away the most beautiful things, that the gifts of God, you know, the gifts of sex and stuff like that. And porn has literally ruined so many marriages. It's ruined families. It's, it's ruined people. And, and what you're exactly right, Mary, of what's happening with the youth and kids getting addicted to it. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something about my childhood. When I was about five or six years old, I would be riding my bike and a, a couple blocks away from my house was this uh, abandoned empty house. And myself and a couple friends went in there. And in this house, mind you, I'm five, six years old. There were literally hundreds, if not thousands, of Playboy magazines, penthouse magazines, and stuff like that. So we would ride our bikes there almost every day to go look at these magazines. And I'll tell you that uh, that was a big burden to, you know, for, uh, well, until I got saved, it really cursed me. It really cursed me. And I didn't have the life I wanted to have because that was over top of me. And I didn't even know it. I didn't know about curses and things like that. But it was uh, it was something, you know, uh, treating women as objects and stuff like that. Thank God I've been healed of that. I really, really have been. And uh, yeah, I see people as beautiful people now. Uh, but it's a serious, serious thing. And particularly the way they go at it, uh, with young people now and everyone's getting given their kids cell phones and things like that with internet connection and these things pop up they will pop up it'll go to the kids the kids don't even have to search it out anymore and it's a plague and i i just speak you know god i believe is going to shut down that industry it needs to be shut down it needs to be shut down so i pray it does get shut down well, you know, on my podcast, I mean, I have a Zoom on Wednesday night. It's a prayer Zoom. And I, we went up, my director and I in uh, 2019 went up to Seattle and Spokane. And we interviewed a lot of people up there for the Freedom Crime movie. And one of the guys named Caleb, Caleb Altmeyer, um, he actually put on a conference and he had a former pimp, pimp and his bottom girl, which the bottom girl is actually, you know, the top girl that works for him, you know, that he traffics. And uh, he told his story, uh, amazing story. He's going to be also in the Freedom Cry movie. But then Caleb, who his father was a um, pastor and so was his grandfather. He was just next door, eight years old at the neighbor's house and they were watching TV. And the grandfather had a porn channel on, on the TV. And so they were flipping through and they saw like porn. And of course, I mean, they were, uh, you know, never seen anything like it. So he talked about his addiction and, um, you know, as a, as a kid from a, a, you know, godly family, even if you don't give your kid a cell phone, you know, the next door neighbor kid has one. Mm -hmm. And now they're also what they're doing on these kids' iPads. I know three people personally, their kid or somebody that they're working around. Uh, one of my friends actually um, 
you know, has a little boy that has autism that she's, you know, a nanny of, they'll be working on their iPad for their schoolwork. And all of a sudden, hardcore porn comes on. They're breaking into these, these kids' iPads. They are. Get yeah. them to, and so you, we almost need to tell, listen, it's not when you see porn or if you see porn, it's when. And when kids watch this porn and actually does something to their brain, it's the area where they make goal-making decisions. So they need to be taught, like, this is like watching cancer. This is like taking cancer into your body. This is how devastating it is to, to, to get addicted to porn. Caleb then, he actually shared on my uh, Zoom a couple weeks ago, and he told about how, um, you know, he literally, with his wife, you know, he's, you know, she actually has access to his phone and he's accountable. But he said almost every guy that he knows, they say 50% of the pastors uh, watch porn once a week, maybe even a higher stat. So oftentimes, Jesse and Jeff, the churches do not talk about this stuff. And it's almost like, I don't know, maybe they think, la, 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 if you don't hear it, out of sight, out of mind. No, it needs to be dealt with. After Caleb came on my Zoom and talked, two of my friends that were on that call said, Mary, you don't know the amount of damage that was done through porn, and I'm free of it now, but those images will still try to come back after years later. So there was another guy named Joseph. I'll just um, finish with this. Is um, My friend introduced me over the phone to him because we get these testimonials on these Zooms on Wednesday night, and uh, he shared about how he was molested at eight years old, and for 50 years, he struggled with porn. And he said, the pornography now is not the same as 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. He said, nowadays, the porn, you're watching it, he said, and it will literally tell you to curse God. It will literally have links going to witchcraft sites. I mean, it's very dark and demonic. Uh, and, and he said he cried out to God. I mean, he was trying to get free for so long. And he said, one day, God supernaturally set him free, totally set free by the power of God. And so, I mean, he shared on, on the call about how what God did. So all I'm telling you, I believe that God is supernaturally going to start delivering people from it uh, because it is so dark and demonic. And uh, even like that little Naz guy that had that satanic shoe, you know, um, I came in, I'm, uh, I was staying with some friends and one of the, the young guys was watching Saturday or Saturday Night Live or something on TV. And and all of a sudden I walk in and they had all these guys doing this dance, like latex, black pants, shirts off. And all of a sudden I go like, wow, what is this? And it was that little Naz guy doing this dance on Saturday Night Live. You could feel the seduction coming out of the TV. And I immediately just, you know, I immediately started to put up my hand and I just started praying. Uh, this, this guy isn't really following the Lord right now. But all I can tell you guys, we're being seduced from every angle. And so we really need to take authority over that. And um, God is going to take back which the enemy has uh, stolen from his people. Amen. He certainly is. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm so thankful. I've, I've never shared that, by the way, with, with anyone, I don't think, uh, before. But uh, I, I got saved right before the Internet became a big thing, <laughs> before I got my first computer. So I, you know, was thankfully saved from going deep into that sort of thing. Um but just the attitude was what uh, what stuck with me, you know, from all those years. And you know, I really mistreated women, uh, or I was attracted just for attraction. Let's just say that. 
uh, for many years. And uh, I missed the boat on, uh, on doing some good things and, you know, marrying earlier, having more kids and stuff like that because of those things, I believe. So, well, you know what? I'm really glad we went there on this show. Uh, we tend to, Mary, Mary, you're, you're a new friend of the show for sure. Uh, we hope to have you back as well. Uh, we've talked about a lot of things that the church isn't talking about and the church should be talking about because God wants to set people free. God doesn't want to hide sin under a rug. And unfortunately, that's what the church has been doing. And, you know, now we're actually doing Bible studies on Sunday and stuff like that. We're doing the book of uh, Revelation right now, which has uh, been interesting for the audience. So Jesse, any final thoughts before we close out? No, this is, yeah, no, this has been amazing. And, you know, I definitely, Mary, we'd love to have you back, have more of these conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think what's vital is to just start discussing these things, especially, you know, at a community, at a family level, and not being afraid to bring out these topics or the truths with it, um, and equipping people in how to deal with these things as, you know, as they're bringing it to the Lord, as they're surrendering, um, you know, we need to know that we're not standing alone, that there's others who, you know, have been there, have walked those roads, you know, and, and, there's a, there's a verse that I absolutely love, you know, as I'm thinking about all we've discussed today, but it's, you know, all the way back in Genesis where the Lord created Adam and Eve, and it says they were naked and not ashamed. And I love that, that, you know, that's the point the church needs to get to that, you know, as we confess those sins, as we bring things forward, you know, we're bearing that nakedness of ourselves before the eyes of everybody. And there's no shame in that, you know, and I think that that's really where the healing starts, you know, so I love that. I'm so grateful for this discussion today. And I think we're going to have many more good ones. I, I think so as well. And by the way, I want to encourage everyone. She is obviously a gifted speaker. She speaks prophetically, but she's updated her book and it's for sale on Amazon right now. The name of the book is From Glory to Glory, One Woman's Journey of Faith. Go get it on Amazon. It's it's super affordable. I'm surprised how affordable it is. And uh and you know, she's added some chapters to it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fantastic read. And uh she told a couple of the stories that were added to it, and I think you're gonna really enjoy it. So please do go pick up her book as well. Uh Mary, thank you very much for coming on to Write On Radio. Um, yes, well, I, I, I you. tell you, we love you already. Uh, though, when you said you rhyme prophetically, <laughs> you weren't kidding. It really comes out. Well, and that was just a little rhyme, but I also want to encourage um, the people. I just started the podcast, you know, just a few months ago, and a lot of my friends have been taken off of YouTube. And um, so I do have a YouTube, it doesn't have a lot of followers yet. It's not about to me about the amount of people to see to, to each one is important to me, but if people would go to YouTube and subscribe to my channel, it's just under Mary Crowley spelled M E R I C R O U L E Y. And then I'm also on rumble and bit shoot, but I think I'm going to get on Podbean too. Um, uh, you know, the, I have guys that are now helping me to get on all these, uh, telegram and everything else. So if people could subscribe 
And also maybe um, sign up to be a prayer warrior on, at womenfightingtrafficking.com. Uh, that would be awesome. We're rolling out the plan. We're all working arm in arm together. So that's like, right. Take arms with Jesse and, and Jeff in whatever capacity I can to help them. And I want to have you guys on my show too. Yeah. And we'll join that prayer group as well at some point in time. I know Jesse has a prayer around the same time, so we'll have to work that out. But uh, I'll certainly jump on it with you as well. And uh, yeah, what's, what's so the name of your podcast is just under your name, Mary Crowley? Well, yeah, when they go to the Zoom, actually, I call it now is the time, but um, on my channel, it's just my name, Mary Crowley. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I would I would encourage you to go to uh, Podbean as well. Uh, Podbean has been really good to us. Uh, that's our, our biggest audience is on there. We're on YouTube and a couple other video spots, but uh, Podbean has been really, really good. And I've talked to the people in their New York office. They've been good. They don't censor at all. And uh, yeah, so I'd encourage you to, to go there. They got a really great product. Anyways, listen, you've been, we've, we've been joined by Jesse, of course, as always, and Mary Crowley today on Right On Radio. Mary, we really thank you. We bless you for being on this program today. And we bless you, the audience. Thank you for hanging out with us. All of our links are in the description box, as always. So remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio.